0: Dude, I got some fucking banana bread at work today, dude.
1: How? How's my hair, by the way? Hair looks great, man. How's mine?
0: Uh, looks good. Yeah? Looks good. Yeah, I like what you did with it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, it's, you know, it takes me a long time to fix this shit. I'm sure it does. I used to, uh, spend so much time fixing my hair that, uh... Like I would, I was like that girl that was like, I can't leave. Right. Like my hair is a mess today. I can't do anything with it. Yeah. When I finally buzzed it off and was just like, the hell with it. Like the freedom. Oh, you have, right? so much freedom. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I could, I could probably get on. What is it? What's the Rogaine or something like that? Because uh, I have, a I have a little thinning in the front, but it's just like at this point. Did
0: you shave it for thinning reasons?
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, I did. I was like, I want to buzz this and see how it feels,
0: and um.
1: And then go from there, and then I just liked it so much.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, I uh, you know, when I shower now, I see, like, the hair fall out in okay. my hands, so yeah. that's something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: see, now I can't see it,
0: because the yeah. hair's
1: so small, you
0: when know, right. it falls out. Right, yeah, yeah, that's a life hack right there. Yeah,
1: because it started falling out, and I was like, I would see it in the shower, and I'm just like, yeah. this is depressing.
0: It's so depressing. So I'm like, I, I buzzed it. now, yeah. No more hair. A good life hack is you don't see your hair falling out in the shower if you stop showering.
1: That that's a good point.
0: Yeah. So I'm 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 bath only from now on.
1: That's awesome. I yeah. saw I heard this thing. The uh, I think it was yesterday on TikTok where I think Dan Bilzerian was talking and he was like uh, he heard of this story between um, Tommy Lee. Remember uh, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Of yeah Tommy yeah, Lee. I watched that video. Yeah, a million times. Yeah, yeah. We had to learn. Very inspiring.
1: Exactly. Um, this is what life could be. Yeah, uh, but no, uh,
0: this can't be in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we've already got
1: him far. and somebody else. It was uh, another uh, rocker. They're like, we're gonna see how long uh, we can go. We can. The, the The game was sleep with as many women as you can, but you can't take a shower for thirty days.
0: Oh wow! This is the game you played.
1: No, this is a game that Tommy Lee. Oh, okay. And some other rocker play. Yeah. That's that's gotta be the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's pretty, it's that's pretty that's pretty disgusting. out
0: there. You heard this on TikTok?
1: Yeah, on TikTok. They they allow that. But uh what what does TikTok not allow?
0: They don't allow something?
1: I feel like they don't. I feel like it's more kid friendly than than like uh Instagram. So
0: I thought TikTok, what what are your thoughts on TikTok?
1: I it's it's interesting, but like YouTube is always going to be uh, something to like. TikTok is show, so short form. Yeah, like it's it's for younger people with like uh, a short attention span. Yeah, and then also for people who like want quick information. Yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, but you'll never be able to like completely replace a YouTube long form conversation.
0: So my so I've been getting into TikTok a little bit yeah. because I mean I'm not like making I'm not like you know, sure you're not making yeah videos. whatever
1: whatever there's some out there I'll find
0: <laughs> it <laughs> uh, my, but my fiance like downloaded it and I was like really interested in it because um, you know it's kind of a new medium right For sure yeah. and and at first I I saw it and I was like this is really stupid this is literally just people dancing right you know this, this is like I'm just looking at white girls dancing to like old gangster rap like what are we doing yeah. Here? but then um but then i started looking at like key things like mental health and and like and it's really interesting and and now i feel that tiktok is really kind of a new paradigm in social media and i think it's going to completely i you know i think facebook and instagram will ultimately have their place still but i think it's it's like it's really taking over their market share in a lot of ways and it's really like The new way that people are communicating with each other—that's the way I look at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it I well, you know, Instagram is like photos, the majority of it, right? Yeah, is is photos. You don't do photos on TikTok, right? You know,
0: yeah. Um, And the great thing about not doing photos is you're telling a story, right? Right. And um, you know, I'm I I I had a meeting today about kind of making more of a presence regarding mental health on tiktok yeah and kind of using that not as an advertising platform but as an educational platform dude
1: 100 percent, i agree with that there's a couple um there's a couple accounts that i follow that that do that oh really yeah uh there's a psychologist who talks about adhd oh really everything adhd oh that's cool yeah this uh older guy just yeah that's pretty much adhd and then uh ocd
0: right why do you follow him?
1: Um, because I feel like a lot of people, especially me, uh, were not diagnosed with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just never saw a doctor for it.
0: Do you? Do you think you have ADHD? I think yeah.
1: I think I have some of it, but but like I think it's on a everything's on a spectrum. I feel like yeah. And uh, I've just realized that as long as I can name it, no matter like what end of the spectrum it's on. As long as I can name it and say, Oh yeah, that's a, that's some type of ADHD. Right. I can kinda like figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. But like I like for so long I was like, no, I don't have ADHD. I was never told I had it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh well, I think from all this information, I probably do right. to some extent, right? Right, yeah. So that's why I follow it.
0: That makes sense. I, yeah. I have ADHD also and um when I was 20 years old i was tested this was like the second or third time i was tested for some reason and the woman who was testing me told me these are the most severe like adult adhd scores i've ever seen in my life
1: and you were how old 20 20 yeah did you ever get tested when you were a kid
0: i got tested when i was a kid Okay. it was like interesting you know so this so when i was a kid it was like late 90s early 2000s like Yeah. yeah Like everyone kind of had ADHD. So then then it was kind of like no one had it. Right. Right. Um, Because it's like, is this even real? Are these doctors just like, you know, peddling pills and whatnot? I think that was kind of the thought process. But looking back at my life, like I definitely had ADHD. And still to this day, this is like, you know, I've dealt with like anxiety and depression and other kind of mental health stuff in the past. But ADHD is like the one thing that has stayed constant with me okay that's, that's interesting that's like the thing that i've had to develop like a million different coping mechanisms to like deal with it yeah and now i'm at the point where i think it's become a strength in a way whereas you know basically my entire life it was kind of my my biggest weakness and and the main kind of like the main issue that Pull that I,
1: mic a little closer get intimate with that thing
0: <laughs> it was you can <laughs> pull it in there. Yeah, be more aggressive with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gotta show it who, who's boss here.
1: But you said mate, the ho- whole of your life, yeah, you've dealt
0: with it. absolutely. And you, yeah. it's kind
1: of like a superpower now because you kind of manage it. I think Is that what so. You think?
0: I think so, yeah. So basically, you know, I was like the, like I was kind of like the fuck up. In okay. school yeah. right like i i was like a c student i was i i was told the same thing by every single one of my teachers which is basically like you have so much potential but you need to focus or like so they actually saw like potential they would see yeah somehow <laughs> Jesus. yeah they would be you like new teachers thing. they'd okay. be like you know you're you're bright but you really need to like apply yourself this was like yeah, the yeah. same thing from like fourth grade on did that aggravate you
1: yeah, because I've heard that from someone who who is very, you know, got great great attributes,
0: and they were like, "Oh
1: God, I hated hearing that." And I'm like, "Interesting."
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I ab- I mean, it's not that you know, and and on the one hand, it was nice hearing it because it's like, okay, at least I have potential. Like that's some feedback, right? That's not just like a f- you know a grade, yeah, right. But on the other hand, it's like. I don't know how to apply myself. You know, I'm like seven. I don't know how to focus. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, like I need more instruction. Did Did you have uh, any like
1: thing that you identified in at that age, or was it kind of just up in the air? You were seven.
2: I what just exist.
1: Mean? Well, when I was younger, I w- I like identified in wrestling very early, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that helped me focus. Yeah. And everything was around wrestling because my dad was like, you got to get good grades to keep wrestling and then wrestling's going to get you a scholarship, right? So that was the, the track that I was on. And I was like, oh, okay. So the grades
0: have to be there for wrestling. So I'll focus for that. So not really, um, but kind of. Like it, none of the things that I could focus and excel in had to do with school. So like... When I was uh eleven, I like taught myself HTML and I made this uh, Dragon Ball Z website. <laughs> oh my god, dude. And it was like it was pretty dope. It was called when- dra- dragonballcenter.com, so I don't own it anymore. But that was it big? 'Cause I feel like I at least visited that. You may have dude, I was a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. You were probably on my web I had I had like forums, like I had like oh, message boards, man, and I had like awesome. people like hitting me up, like, hey, can I work for you? And I was like, I don't know, I'm twelve. <laughs> you know? Dang, dude. Um, so like and that was like you know, now like like web development is like a whole thing, but back then it was like you just kinda teach yourself HTML and like kinda figure it out. Dude, I couldn't
1: teach myself that if I had a gun to my head. Yeah. Right?
0: But I was like so motivated to just like talk about Dragon Ball Z with other people. That that's kind of what ended up. So happening. Dragon Ball Z was the first That was what I got. That's like a thing that I got like really into. Yeah. Um Thank God it wasn't Pokemon. That can come after. I kinda had a phase.
1: I've got lie. my cards. In the uh you know, the folding books with oh, the plastic still got yeah. them. back home in North Carolina, yeah. Oh dude, if my if my nephew
3: knew that, he'd be, he'd You'd be all nuts. over it. Yeah.
1: Dang, yeah. man. So Dragon Ball Z kinda got you focused to build a website. Yeah. But yeah. then school was just like, This is boring as shit.
0: School well, the problem with school was that like everything that you do, you're listening to other people talk at you. Right. Right? And so with ADHD, like my like ADHD is always a disorder of sustained attention right so you're really good at switching focus from one thing to another thing to another thing right but you're not good at sustaining focus at all Got so it. what would happen in school is i would listen to someone lecture in algebra or whatever and then i'd kind of zone out for a second and then i'd be like shit i don't know what they're talking about anymore and then like we've gone too far and then i'm just kind of sitting there like like listening to someone talk at me with no recollection of what of what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Um, okay, and then that I'll, makes sense. And then there's also like an organization component to it. So I was very, I was a very disorganized student. Like, yeah, I just I couldn't get it together. With like, like I don't know, some kids have like binders and stuff, and you know they were like organized everything according to their classes. I was the kid who like stuck his like stuck my homework in my backpack or like put it in my pocket right and then i would like lose it the next day and be like oh i can't remember what i was supposed to be doing that makes sense yeah
1: that makes sense uh that makes sense why that would like destroy your like your interest in a class if like oh you're you're interested you're listening to what they're saying then all of a sudden you drift off and then you're like oh shit i'm so far behind
0: right like i just I give up. This but is a good and it, and it yeah exactly and it it sucks. It's like a, it's it's a pretty painful experience to go through because when you're a kid, like your only barometer for success in life is school, yeah, right, is your grades, and so to like to just continue to fail At all the, the time, one thing I think really negatively impacts one's self esteem. Absolutely, It's got uh, to, it's yeah. got to, yeah. Um, and, and that happens all the time. And ADHD is one of those things where like, it's, you know, I, I forget the statistic. If I, if I knew we were going to talk about this, I probably would have, would have, uh, checked up on this, but I think you're like 10 times more likely to be incarcerated if you have ADHD. Um, there, there's like a million, um, kind of life comorbidities that you have when you have ADHD compared to someone who's like more neurotypical. Interesting. Yeah. So my whole life, it's been like, you know, just kind of like trying to figure out ways to cope with it. Um, and I think now kind of like as a business owner, I've realized that I, it can really be used to my strength because there's like so many things that have to be done all at the same time. And I'm so good at like switching between those tasks. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think like when your business kind of gets big enough, then you can like hire people to do like administrative things that are kind of naturally really difficult for you, or at least for me. Yeah. 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 That makes sense.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting to like, to see people now, you know, who were diagnosed with that and then like see how they've, how like there's so many different routes that you can take. Yeah. especially if you know your identity is kind of like or you know the uh, the anxiety from from having it and being in school like that has kind of like negatively affected you
0: yeah you know what I mean were you a good student I was yeah
1: I was all right. Mm-hmm. I made a's and B's in high school you know yeah uh, but i think I think the majority of it was because of how important it was for wrestling right because when I stopped wrestling. I stopped in college and then transferred. Uh, actually, I took a year off and then I went back. Yeah. But that whole year I was off, I was like, I'm never taking another test in my life. Mm-hmm. Then I go back. Yeah. And I have to cram for finals week. And I'm like, I forgot how to study. Right. It was almost like I had shrugged off this like, you know, this pressure that I put put on myself for so long when I was wrestling. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have it this time mm-hmm. when I was studying. I was like, oh man, I got to. This discipline thing's got to kick in at some point. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I tried to figure it out, um, but it was way more difficult without wrestling. Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you don't have, like, that, like, extrinsic reward that's motivating you. it's right. That's, like, releasing all that dopamine, then, like, it's it's not going to – like, I can only – like, if there's a task that I'm avoiding. Yeah. I can only get it done at the last possible moment. Sure. If I try to do it in advance, it literally will not happen. Yeah. But if I have like an hour to get this thing done that I've been avoiding, I'll just like hammer it out. Yeah. I I hate the fact that I share that with you. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that's tough, man. But uh, but when it when it comes to uh, it, it's interesting, man. Because I I met some you know because a lot of trainers, right? Mm-hmm. They're People, some some of them were good in school. Some of them liked the that structure, that mm-hmm. education process. Yeah. Um. And then some of them were horrible in school, but understand the body, under understand their own body, right. right? And so they love training their body. So then they somehow get into training other people, right? Um. And one of my buddies is uh, kind of like that. He was all right with in in school, but. Uh he kind of didn't focus through high school. Mm-hmm. He just focused enough to get into college. Yeah. Um but he said he, I see, I I never smoked cannabis until I was in my late 20s, yeah. almost 30. Yeah. He started in maybe middle school? Right. Dude, I there's no way I would have sat in class And done my work. If I started smoking in middle school or high school, yeah, you know what I mean. I've been like thinking about all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, there's no way I would have focused. Yeah. So now looking back on on buddies of mine who who started smoking in high school or something like that, and they just kind of went off the rails. You didn't, you know, you don't communicate with them as much. They're not coming to school as much. Right. I was always like, man, come on, dude. But like now, I'm like, I totally get it, dude. There's how could you? How could you focus? you know, at that age, when your brain's not really developed and you're kind of figuring shit out. Yeah. There's so much stress in your family life. And then this girl doesn't like you and then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, and, shit. You're in class. and you're high and you're high as fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and you're hard. talking about like, you know, math.
0: Yeah. What is math? What is you math, know, dude? like are we ever gonna use trigonometry? No. Dude, I got a funny story.
1: I was a I was a sub substitute teacher for a little bit when I was coaching wrestling. Mm-hmm and uh what for what class well i i did i did high school and then i did eighth, seventh, sixth. wait but is there like so a middle school is there like a
0: topic also oh, what or yeah so you just, like, one, just was, dive <laughs> one was into wherever one was that's crazy if that's the case so i <laughs> so
1: i used to sub uh for my buddy's uh philosophy class yeah and then i subbed for my other buddy's uh history class and then I subbed for a seventh grade class. I forgot what that was. But the sixth grade class was a math class. Okay. Okay. And um, this girl was obviously the smartest girl in the class. Yeah. And um, she came to me. It was almost like she knew I wouldn't know the answer. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she was like one of those kids that was like, oh, she's getting too smart. Right. You right. got to kill her. <laughs> you know? You got to get rid of her. Yeah. Because she's going to expose how dumb I am. Yeah. So she comes up to the up to my desk and she's like, uh, Mr. Coach Lowe, can you can you help me with this problem? I can't remember how the teacher told us to do this. So I'm like, okay, mm. yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm like sixth grade math. Yeah, this is gonna be easy. Yeah. I looked at it and I'm like, I forgot how to divide. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> yeah. This, this is more than this is like a, a three digit number, and I'm dividing it.
0: Oh, we're talking we're uh, we're talking long division here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very very <laughs> yeah. long for me, and it's been a long time. Yeah. So
1: I start doing the math in front of
0: her. And I
1: come up with an answer, and I'm like, she's like, that's not the answer in the book. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. And I'm like, all right, how do I spend this shit? And I'm like, well, do you remember how your teacher solved the problem? And uh-huh. she was like, no, I don't. But she came up with a different answer, and I was like, well, you know, people have different ways of going about solving problems in their <laughs> life. I went down this road totally of like just bullshitting.
0: Turn, turned it into a philosophy And class. I saw
1: her just go kind of like you're one of those you're one of those adults yeah and i was like i couldn't even look her in the eye yeah i was like yeah well just you know just just ask her when she comes back tomorrow you know <laughs> but you're probably right you're on to something so just finish finish your work why, I did he, look why didn't you it.
0: just say i don't know i don't know man
1: i just <laughs> thought i thought i knew yeah and it was just like oh no like how do i but that make that gave me so much more uh empathy for adults you know, when I was that age, and yeah. they would like just answer, an, you know, a question, a random question I'd ask, and was, I'm just like, that's not the, that's not the truth. But like, they're so stressed out at work, yeah. You know, and they're, they're getting a divorce, and they're,
0: you know, the kids yeah. in the hospital, and they got and their their coffee, uh, yeah, tumbler.
1: Oh yeah, and their the beer gut. I mean. You know, it's just all huge disheveled. So, yeah. yeah, great, great
0: uh, nutrition. They slept medical. in their car last night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And now I'm mad at them for lying to me about this math problem. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, if someone put a gun to my head and told me that I had to do long division <laughs> or they were going to kill me, I would pull the trigger myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I do think, you know, I've always wanted to start a school one yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like the way education oh it's horrible is in this country. Like, yeah. why is math so abstract? You know, why don't we like why don't we flip the script and just make math like all applied until the really high level stuff, and then right. it can be abstract.
1: Well, dude, it's funny that you mention that because there's a guy, uh, Lex Friedman. You ever you heard about this guy? He's Isn't like that uh, the engineer. Superman. No, no that's, that's Lex, Lex Luther. Luther. Okay, okay yeah. So he had a a woman on his podcast recently who was uh she was she's big into math. Oh yeah. <laughs> Joe Bowler. J O uh last name B O A L E R. And her whole thing is making math visual. Yeah. I'm like I want to I want to take your course. Right. She so got like an online course for students mm-hmm. and then also for teachers teaching yeah. them how to explain math visually right and she's like it's insane how many teachers are like wow I wish I had this when I was in elementary school yeah and this is like this is going to make me you know so much better at explaining math that's kids. awesome and I'm like yeah that makes so much sense like visual instead of like numbers like I would just remember as a kid like numbers were intimidating
2: yeah. You know what I mean? Something yeah.
1: about numbers is really intimidating. Yeah, Maybe it just shows like, you how are they letters? <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> they just didn't pass the test yeah. to be a letter. <laughs> and then you see Russian, you are like, they're putting num- letters or they're they're putting numbers in their right. alphabet. You know right. like, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> what's happening there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, dude, uh, I guess we can talk about what you uh, what you got going on. Sure. Um, so you own a ketamine clinic? Yes. Right.
0: In LA, you own two or three here. So we have. Um, I thought you're about to say six. We have uh, two in LA, yeah, um, and we're just now opening up another in Las Vegas, okay, um, as well as another one in Sedona, Arizona, okay. And nothing in Tennessee, Florida yet. Not yet.
1: Okay. Not yet. I'm working on those. That might be uh, next year, or what? Two years. Uh, hopefully next year. Okay, that's yeah. cool. And that'll that'll be what three more, maybe four more.
0: Uh so there's 73 more. <laughs> there there are some we're other worldwide. <laughs> we we're, we're in talks with some other some other places like um Kansas City, Austin, Texas, um DC area, but those are kind of early stages, you know yeah. things can fall through all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, and I I went down by the office and checked it out. I mean, it's yeah. it's awesome to see this stuff in action. Yeah, because I'm I'm re- I'm new to the whole uh, psychedelic therapy right. uh, world, mm-hmm. um, and it, it fascinates me so much because as a as a personal trainer, you know, i I've, I've, I've used my body my whole life. Mm-hmm. in athletics and now I use it as a trainer and I still train myself right stay healthy have activities I love but my body's deteriorating like I'm 33 yeah. you know the age of Christ <laughs> so it's downhill <laughs> from here bro <laughs> Yeah, you I know, know I might story. be up on a cross in a year or two but uh, but like you know your body's decaying and you've got so much more time in your life right what can you improve mm-hmm. and the mental game you know is so important yeah, uh, and 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 like in my business, you know, people focus on the physical so much, and then after training with me for a few months, they're like, "Oh, this is way more mental than, you know, than I what I thought it was." Right. And I feel like that's that's how. Hopefully, we all get the older we get in life. You know, we're like, "Oh, this is way more mental than any of this physical stuff." Yeah, but uh, healing that the mind um, seems to be one of the hardest things to do. You right, know, you have people that that become monks. You know, Buddhist monks, monks. Uh, you know, uh, Christian monks, and yeah. they're trying to kind of trying to escape themselves, right? Escape their mind in a way. Mm-hmm. So, like all these practices have have you know been created to like soothe the mind and the anxiety, the ADHD and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and now we can kind of like get into it with a with a chemical, right? Mm -hmm. um so that's just fascinating to me especially with you know people with the ptsd that you know that that seek
0: this stuff out that's just like debilitating stuff right it's um it's a really interesting time right now um you know when i when i started these clinics um everyone thought i was a fucking lunatic really or um for for having a ketamine clinic, you
1: and you mean everybody, meaning those teachers from from school,
0: definitely those <laughs> teachers because they were wrong about everything, pretty much. Nope, lo- potential. Looking, I bad. was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. But like you know, a lot of the a lot of the people I spoke with, a lot of the doctors who I spoke with, mm. they they thought that was too risky. Um, professionals, uh, you know, psychologists. They, you know, there's like this. Um association with ketamine and a horse tranquilizer so everyone will always say isn't that a horse tranquilizer right or yeah. they'll say like you know isn't that like that rave drug that people yeah. use which you know I think when people say like the horse tranquilizer stuff I think it actually speaks to the safety of ketamine and that's true and, and that it yeah we use on used. animals yeah. yeah we can use it on animals we use it on kids all the time it's the most common pediatric anesthetic um, right
1: there's something else you use on horses too that <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's that
0: COVID uh, drug, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can learn a lot from horses, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I, but it's a really interesting time and to be in the mental health space period. Yeah. And it's, it's really just the beginning of it, right? Because basically, but, and it, in the last two years is when people are starting to, basically right before COVID is when the script flipped a little bit and all of a sudden people started to be mindful of mental health in general. Companies like Headspace came out and they're more of like, and the border of like mental health and healthcare, and really they're like a wellness brand, I think, at right. the end of the day. But also companies like BetterHelp are coming out, and they're getting you know endorsements from a million celebrities on on social media and things like that. But also like celebrities are now talking about mental health a little bit more. There was that gymnast uh, earlier this year. Yeah, Bliss. Uh, that doesn't sound right. No,
1: nah, wasn't it? <laughs>
3: But uh, I know who you're talking about. Of yeah. course. Yeah.
0: Um
1: she couldn't compete cuz she was just kind of
0: mentally zoned out right right um and so it's it's kind of becoming more of a of a prominent topic in pop culture which is great because basically for the last like two thousand years (laughs) if you talk (laughs) about mental health people just think you're you're an idiot or you're weak or you're a pussy or like you can't get it together it's the only word that popped into my head yeah 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 and it's it's insane that we have this association because you know like When people look at a broken arm, no one questions that your arm is broken. It's very clear. But for some reason, the idea that you can't see depression or you can't see PTSD makes it so that people just cannot comprehend that other people can be suffering from other mental health diagnoses. Um, Right. And so I think now that there's some awareness coming out about that, plus the fact that all of a sudden we are a repurposing a really old and safe drug to be used for mental health. And also there are like newer emerging procedures that are coming out for depression specifically, but also anxiety and PTSD yeah. and things like that.
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating to me, man. Yeah. Um. I was just watching, just to re-up on ketamine stuff, I was watching a couple videos, mm-hmm. and um, the the fascinating thing about ketamine, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, compared to maybe a, uh, like an MDMA uh, version of, of therapy, is that the ketamine apparently is allowing you, or helping you grow new synapses yeah. in the
0: brain. Yeah, synaptogenesis is okay. what it's called, yeah. Could you kind of explain that? Yeah. So basically when, you know, we've kind of been traditionally told that, um, depression and anxiety and PTSD to a lesser extent, but mostly depression are associated with a serotonin deficiency or some sort of neurotransmitter imbalance. But. It's not really the case most of the time. If that were the case, SSRIs, which are the most common antidepressants, would just work pretty much for all everyone. The time. Yeah. Um, and they don't at all. They have like a forty percent success rate. And every single trial of SSRIs that one fails means the probability for the next trial is about fifty percent less. So by the time someone has tried four medications, right. The success rate, the probability that they'll get better from a fifth medication is less than 5%. I don't like those odds. No, it's not. It's not good right? at all. Um and so, so these other things like TMS and ketamine, the success rate is so much higher and it's because they work on different parts of the brain. So we're not really looking at the neurotransmitter level of analysis, but we're looking at kind of larger brain structures, right? With TMS, we look at a part of the brain called the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which kind of connects to, there There are some deeper pathways in the brain that, but, but you're really increasing neuroplasticity. And then with ketamine- And neuroplasticity, is just growth? Neuroplasticity is the reorganization. So it can be growth, but it can also be movement. It can also be kind of... Strength- reconnectivity, I guess? Reconnectivity, yeah. So it could be strengthening pathways too. Right. Um, and then ketamine, what it does, it, it basically... It's um, it's a drug that, unlike every other antidepressant, it works on a neurotransmitter called glutamate, which is the most common excitatory neurotransmitter in the brain, and it works really fast. So what's cool about ketamine is that it works quickly, and you can literally, if you were to cut someone's brain open or take take a brain tone, look at it through a microscope, um, before and after, before and like twenty four hours after ketamine, you'll see um new synapses in that kind of slice that you end up taking. Yeah, I feel for the guy who they did that on first. Yeah, yeah, they were <laughs> just, rats just, first, uh, but, yeah.
2: <laughs> We want to check.
1: <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> Anybody else done this? No, it's always gotta be a first, and you'll go down the history books.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, so that's what they found in rats when they cut their brains open. Yeah, they were like, "Well, wow, there's literally new synapses growing immediately, and it's uh, it's it's over part of the brain. It's also part of the prefrontal cortex, but it's a little more medial. So it's it's okay. it's a little bit of a different mechanism of action than TMS specifically because they they kind of work on different pathways.
1: TMS is fo- more
3: yeah. So frontal.
0: TMS is the magnetic stimulation, um, which basically increases... It directly increases um, activity and blood flow and cellular metabolism in the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, whereas ketamine um, via uh, modulating glutamate, it increases synaptogenesis in the medial prefrontal cortex. Got it. And they just work together. Yeah. So some people, you know, the way we do it is, you know, some people will come in for TMS only. Some people will come in for ketamine only. We pretty much always see higher success rates when people do both together. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I th- think, again, it's just like that, you know, when you have multiple, when you have a multimodal approach yeah. to, to treating depression.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and with the TMS, uh, how long is that? Because I know the uh, ketamine is an hour right
0: so ketamine session. we book like 2 hour sessions yeah. um just because it's not just about you know you'll you'll some people do okay just kind of like taking ketamine and leaving but i we try to focus a lot on the actual experience of ketamine and kind of creating creating the right setting and intentionality behind each infusion, right? So it could be, um, so it's usually two hours, there's usually some talking beforehand, getting people comfortable, and then the actual administration. And then when we stop, um, when we stop the infusion after about 40 to 60 minutes, usually, then people tend to stay there kind of in the same room for like another 30 to 45 minutes or so, just to kind of, reorient into reality again because it can be a pretty powerful experience
1: i've seen some people uh on youtube kind of like it's not like they don't show themselves during it but they show themselves post and they're just
0: like like wow that was that was something it's so i mean it's so interesting the way people respond to it because there is such um There's a staggering amount of individual differences in how people respond to ketamine. So like what's always kind of funny in a way is the person who comes in who has that very typical melancholic depression where kind of like you can tell that um, they're in a very internalized state. They're not reacting much to the external environment. And, you know, you can kind of like see the sadness and despair on their face. They're talking slow. Um, They're moving slow um you know no energy at all but then like sometimes during the ketamine infusion those people will not shut the fuck up i mean they'll, <laughs> just, they'll just talk for like a mile a minute That's during funny. the whole time um and you, you've got a sitter there yeah yeah there's always someone in the room the entire time which nice. i i feel is important yeah, i know huge. yeah i know some other some other clinics they're kind of more of the mindset that you can just give them the drug and the drug will do its thing, you know, and then right. kind of leave them alone. I think I think I like having someone there. I think it's a more kind of personalized experience. Even even things like changing the music for them, yeah. you know, changing the the ambient lighting in the room can be a, a valuable part of the experience. Yeah,
1: and I, I think people uh, downplay the uh, the fact that when you're depressed. You feel alone, yeah. Like, don't you think that you know adding someone to this experience, right, would help? You know, in the, in right. the process of overcoming this type of depression, that makes all the sense in the world to me to have somebody in there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you said they can't shut the fuck up. The people who are <laughs> sometimes, you know. sometimes. But, but yeah. what what is the common? I not not by outing any patients, but like, what is the common kind of uh, verbiage that that a person like that would say, or like, kind of like realize or feel in the in the moment
0: i can't tell you how many times people have come out of the experience and just started crying because they forgot what happiness felt like yeah Um, They forgot that they had the capability to be happy themselves Mm -hmm. um, just because they've been so stuck in their depression or in their trauma because it works great for PTSD as well. Just for so long stuck in this state and just to have a respite uh, to to be able to feel happy for even a fleeting, you know, 30 minutes. That is such a powerful experience. Yeah, Uh, that's awesome, dude. I love hearing that. It's, um, it's cool. It's, uh, I, you know, even like just kind of. Being in the in the reception area when people come in and then seeing them come out with a smile on their face, it's like, it's crazy, especially because a lot of times these are people who have tried like medication after medication after medication yeah. and therapy, and they've tried eating healthy, they've tried working out, they've tried all the shit that everyone's telling them to do yeah. all the time, and none of it works, right? And so this is, um, and, and none of it works because nothing's really working on the physiology, which is really really what is causing the depression or the mood disorder in the first place. Yeah. Uh, dude, I I get it. And
1: that's what, like in the fitness industry, right? Yeah. I've got to tell you mm-hmm. that I'm what you need. Because without me... What do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like when people come in to see me, um, they don't, you know, they are bad. Batt- a lot of them are battling depression. Yeah. Which has created... Uh, weight gain right right unhealthy, unhealthy sometimes habits. from the
0: medication itself right true true yeah
1: um but number one i mean they haven't been working out yeah right? so in the process of training somebody it always get like you you become closer to your clients yeah and you realize the the mental issues that they're dealing with right and you're like yeah another set of push-ups isn't going to help you today yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's other things. There's I need a multi prong approach, right? Right. To to my clients. Right. And uh, this seems like one of the one of the things that you can add to it. Yeah. Because you, you can't get this benefit that mm. ketamine or any psychedelic therapy can give you uh, from really anything else. Right. You know? Yeah. Um so like adding all that together, you have a physical, you know, uh habit of training. You mm-hmm. have nutritional habits of eating well. Right. And then you have habits, you know, or, or therapy for your mind. Yeah. You know, because like, a lot of people will train for a little bit and then you'll lose them for months. Oh, really? Yeah. And then they'll come back six months later, 15, 20 pounds heavier and they're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta start training with you again. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want you to, but also, what about all these other things? Right. And all those other things being like two things. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what about ketamine therapy? Like, yeah. you've been depressed since you were how old? Right.
0: You know, what? I know I know you feel good after these workouts, but like, there's more to it. What were you going to say? How do people start revealing like their underlying um, mood disorders to you? So,
1: sometimes it's it's within an activity. It's within a movement. Um and you can tell that because when you push people cardiovascularly, mm-hmm. they break. Oh, really? Mentally, they break. Interesting, right? So that's usually where, if if we're heart, if the heart rate's up at a certain level for a certain amount of time that they're not used to, yeah. And I'm pushing them, giving them them. I love to throw variables at my clients, yeah, because uh, that's what my coaches used to do is for wrestling and football because nothing's ever the way, you know, the strict. All right, we're going to run this play. We're going to go around the side and we're going to score a touchdown. All right, let's do that 10 times and we'll be ready for the game. Right, but that's not reality. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I do that with my clients. I'll throw variables in there. Like last set instead of doing 10, we've got as many as we as we can. Okay, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But that's when they break. Uh and I saw it when I was a wrestling coach too, you know, and I saw it as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Those those hard practices where you're pushing so hard that it's just mental now. Right. It's just mental. You tell yourself one thing, go. Yeah. yeah, it gets real, you know, real condensed of your thoughts, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where that it usually comes out, and, and and they'll start you know huffing and puffing or something like that, and you bond over those moments because yeah. you push them through those those hard times, and then they start to yeah I've just been so stressed with this this and this, and you're like oh okay that makes sense, right. so a lot a lot of it comes down to trust, but then you'll have moments where like just come out of out of the blue, really yeah I had a guy um. I was training. I think it was the first session we did together. I got his heart rate up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was young, so I knew he'd be, he'd be fine. We did his blood pressure. And um, we got him on a roller. Mm-hmm. I got him on a roller at the very end. He's soaking wet. An ab roller? Yeah. No, no, no. Like a, a T-spine roller. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like a
0: foam roller. Foam roller. There okay. we go. Okay.
1: And I got him on his T-spine. Yeah. And he was real locked up up here. And you yeah. And you can tell it's just from years of... Tension, anxiety, yeah. and depression. I mean, I can I can see this stuff when people come in in their body language, right? Because uh, you hold you hold that shit for sure in certain places. Absolutely. Men are men hold it different in different areas yeah. than women, but sometimes they share those you know that trap tension, right? Right. And he had a lot of it, and mm. we jumped on that foam roller, dude. And he was he was shaking like that, dude. No, way. he just laid on ah, and started crying. Really? Kid you not, dude. Started crying. He's like, ah, I can't do this. And just the tears started, kind of like, all right, man, just relax, just yeah, breathe. We don't have to do it. Let's just stretch, just lay down, yeah. And he had to like cover his eyes, and but like that, it was, it was that when you you put your body in something yeah. where you feel vulnerable, right, right, right. And you've been holding it tight for so long, yeah. Get that turtle shell, yeah. You know, yeah. you're just protecting yourself from something. You right. know, that happened to you younger in a, you know, when you were younger, right. That kind of position. Pulls that shit out. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, it, it's interesting, man.
0: So, did he later reveal to you, like, "Hey, I've been struggling yes. with"? Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. My, I had some family members going through some stuff, and then my dad passed, mm-hmm. and then we started talking about mental health because that was something that my dad had dealt with. Oh, really? Depression. Oh man, and uh, and suicidal thoughts for for years. And then uh, when I brought it up, he was like, "Yep, me too." Boom, boom, boom. Really? Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to trust. And yeah. so, like, have you ever done one of those analysis, like, or assessments with a trainer? Uh, yeah. So yeah. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I want to build a relationship, and the only way that we can do that with this power dynamic here, yeah. where I'm telling you what to do, yeah, is we see where your limits are, and we agree at what limits you're okay at. Right. And then we try to push a little bit more and, and I'm proving to you that I can get you to push yourself more. Yeah. In a healthy way, in a safe way. Mm-hmm. And then you're proving to yourself that that this is worth it by trusting me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that relationship has to be built before, you know, real stuff can even be talked about.
0: Yeah. You know? So do you do the assessments?
1: I do my own. You do your own? I do my own. Okay. Yeah, At this at this point, like, I know how to train anybody. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, once your heart rate gets up, we'll see what you can, what you can handle. Right. You know? Right. Um, I've just seen, I've seen people's faces for, for so many years, like when they're about to, you know, fall over, you know, something's about to happen and I'm like, all right, rest. Right. You know? And they're like, Oh God, usually when I'm doing this on my own, I just keep going. uh, And I'm like, yeah, that's why you, you don't ever continue. Yeah. You know, you'll do it for a week. You'll get on the treadmill for a week and you'll push yourself. Right. You'll take three, four, maybe you'll take a week off. You'll come back, try to do the same thing, mm-hmm. the same speed for the same amount of time for 45 minutes and you can't do it. And you're like, well, well, then I'm never, I'm not going to do this anymore. And you yeah. just fall off the wagon. Yeah. Right. So, so I see that and, and a lot, a lot of it comes down to like how you've, how you've not
0: been taught how to train your body.
1: Yeah, You know what I mean? Like most people have never been taught how to run properly.
0: Yeah, bro. In PE, we had those like little, little like. uh, Cones? They're like the little skateboards that we'd sit on. You know what I'm talking about? Like the little, like they're like the square, like colored boards or like plastic things that have wheels. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we just like sit on and we just slide around on those. Right. What was that? I don't know. That was not helpful for anyone.
1: No. And we had the mile run. You had a mile run, right?
0: Yeah, I got out of it a lot. Okay. I would just hang out with the girls who said they're on their periods. There you go. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm on my period. (laughs) Yeah, me too. This was LA. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) That would not have flown. Dude, I had the toughest PE teacher, Miss Fox. Yeah. She was a hard ass. You know, one of those uh, closet lesbians from the 90s, you know? Yeah. I mean, just kind of a mullet. Yeah. She had a mullet. Yeah, yeah. Tucked her shirt in. She was like a softball player. just I, a saw, boss. I saw a meme
0: about this recently. It was like PE teachers back then, and it was like It's so true. Yeah. It was the ultimate warrior. Yeah. <laughs> <Looked> <laughs> like the ultimate warrior. Kid yeah. you not. But uh
1: but yeah, so you would never really even train for the mile. Like you never went over running
0: technique. Yeah, no, they would just start running. Yeah. And you I'd be run. like I'd be like, I don't get it, I'm all sweaty, and I have to go back to class. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Was I supposed to bring extra clothes? I don't know. I have ADHD and no one told me anything. (laughs) Or I wasn't listening. Or I wasn't listening. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, man. So, like, I've got uh, older clients that I'm teaching how to run for the first time. Like, technically how to run in their 40s. Yeah. And they enjoy it. They're like, wow, I wish I would have been taught this in PE.
0: Right. It's like, well,
1: Yeah don't we all
0: yeah i actually i actually paid someone a few years ago to like teach me how to run oh nice yeah because i was like i want to run but like i feel like i'm not doing it right at all what did you learn what was like the big thing that you were doing wrong um i think they wanted i think the biggest thing and i feel like this is common with a lot of trainers in general is they wanted me to like breathe with my <laughs> with my running <laughs> yeah. you know like that, they want
1: me to breathe <laughs> I don't know what their
2: their problem is,
0: <laughs> but every time I've like ever talked to a personal trainer, they're like, okay, like like the focus is always on the breathing. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, with this guy, he was. Did he, you
1: realize that that's a you problem? It's not the trainers. <laughs> it's like all these trainers keep I'm, saying the same thing I'm within the first sure five minutes i'm pretty
0: sure it's this is weird trainer thing like they say it to everyone it's just the all trainers the time. yeah <laughs> uh yeah yeah well i never thought about it that way yeah. it is a meat problem yeah, yeah I, i've got a client that still won't
1: breathe yeah been training her for like four years yeah still won't breathe she'll hold her breath as long as she can yeah and then just <laughs> 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 you know we'll be boxing and she's like one two three and she's And just doing like ten combos in a row, and then (gasps) one big breath. And by that, by the time she's taking that one big breath, she can't keep going because she held her breath for too long. So I'm like,
0: all right, you got to breathe. Oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. It's a it's a good reminder.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and when you're not taught how to run right, Mm -hmm. you're not taught how to uh, breathe properly. Because in order to run for a longer distance, you do need to sync up your breath with your movement. Yeah, yeah. Or you know. Dance, dance will do that. Some type of like movement where you're going for like a long period of time. You have to sink your breath up. Right, right. Maybe you just don't like breathing, man. I guess I don't. (laughs) But as, as far as like form and technique,
0: what was one of the things that they brought out? Um, I think that I was uh, it, the breathing is what I remember the most, and it was like breathing like every three steps or something like that. Okay, like uh, that was a good like rhythm. One, for you. two, one, and then like take a breath on that. Like the second time I'm on that foot, basically. Yeah. Like, <sighs> <sighs> yeah um and then i think they just wanted me to like lean forward a little more i think i was like leaning backwards a little bit <laughs> yeah. do a lot of people do that no it's just
1: a funny funny way of saying <laughs> it they wanted me to lean forward yeah yeah uh, you want to
0: fall right yeah um so those were the two big things that's yeah that's huge yeah that changes a lot yeah just leaning forward it was helpful but then i got bored like like a week later of running yeah yeah yeah,
1: you're like, I never really wanted to run.
0: Yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then they send you a video of you running and you're like, yep, never doing that again. I no, look- I've never seen a video of me running. I think I could probably never run again if I saw a video of me running.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah.
0: But no, yeah, uh,
1: it's interesting. But like, as far as my clients, like I've I've told my clients about psychedelic therapy and mm-hmm. and uh, some of them have done it, you know, and, and have really? benefited greatly, yeah. What do they say? Well, one of my clients, uh, two of my clients, did MDMA therapy. Okay, and um, it uh, was—I mean, they had you know their their own little journey. You Mm -hmm. know, when they one was more way more visual. Yeah, Um, she like had a conversation with the five-year-old self, with her five-year-old self, her Mm -hmm. middle school self, her high school self. She was like, she was seeing all these different versions of herself. Yeah, and kind of apologizing to them for not remembering them right you know kind of forgetting who she was yeah so i mean you know just life changing um experience uh then another one um kind of was what you were talking about couldn't shut the fuck up yeah uh, because he was like i just feel like uh i'm i'm a talker he was just like realizing these things i'm a talker why am i not expressing myself
0: yeah. Like, right when it kicked in, he was like that. he's like,
1: I have to express myself.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Was he um, Was he a guy who didn't express himself very much before that?
1: Yeah. And um,
0: knowing him,
1: I kind of felt negligent as a friend, mm-hmm. you know, for, like, not realizing that he wasn't expressing himself as much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think we get, uh, at least for me, and, I mean, I'm probably speaking for everybody, you, you think like like you hear like when we're young right you hear somebody describe a kid who doesn't talk a lot and doesn't act like the class clown doesn't act like a buffoon as he's quiet right and it's like i'll never call someone quiet again yeah you know what i mean there's so much going on in yeah. that
3: kid's
0: mind
1: uh that's not allowing him to be a
0: kid right you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean like none of what we're doing is is natural by any means, right? Like right. like the idea of school in general of of being a child and like having to sit down for 8 hours straight every day yeah. is just, you know, it's it's completely absurd in like human evolution perspective, right? right. I mean, yeah. humans have been evolving for 40,000 years yeah, and only in the last 100 has have kids even been in school. Right, yeah.
1: And I, I guess what I'm saying is like with uh with kids, you know, you never know what a what a personality you when you we develop we develop our personalities. It's like, "Oh, he's just a, he's a introvert. He's a quiet person." It's just like yeah. he's probably battling depression since he was in middle school. You know what I mean? Like yeah. or she has been, you know. It's like you know, very rarely do you just like are you just super chill and you don't say nothing? You're all put together. Like I'm good, man. It's it's interesting. You know you what I mean? Say,
0: yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. I remember. Um, so when I was in middle school, like um, Columbine was still like fresh. Yeah, ninety seven, right? Ninety nine. Um, it's probably ninety nine. I don't remember, right? I remember. Yeah, but it was like it was still like a topic of conversation. Yeah, right. And like I remember, like if you were a kid having mental health issues. People would think Columbine. Right. They wouldn't think like depressionings. No, <laughs> that's like, it, dude. It's, it's ridiculous, but that's yeah, really and what Yeah, these kids struggle thought.
1: with mental health, and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. This is what mental health is. Right. You shoot up schools.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the conversation has really shifted. Yeah, it
1: really has. A good point. Yeah. yeah. Dang, man. That is crazy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was, like, like the first the, time I heard about it.
0: Yeah, like, people were, like, scared of, like, the quiet kids, right? Right. Or if they were, like, a little socially awkward and quiet, they'd be, like, the Columbine kid. You know, it's, like, yeah. it, was, it was it was completely absurd. They didn't realize that, it, like,
1: it's, like, it's a spectrum, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, those kids had a lot of stuff that they were dealing with. Yeah. You know? um, But, yeah, I remember that there was a kid in our school, uh, right when that shit happened, when I was in middle school, and uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, well I'll just shoot the school up too." I just made a like a side comment yeah. to some idiot that he was talking lunch uh, talking shit to at lunch. Right. They took it so seriously, and he was like a rough kid. Yeah. So they're like, "Oh man, he's he's gonna shoot the school up." So it was like over overreaction. Yeah. To that when when it should have been more of a conversation. Right, you know what I mean? Like, hey, let's start with a conversation. Yeah. They expelled him. No way. Yeah, they expelled him for like a week or something like that for for that type of a threat. Right. It's like, oh man. Like I look back at some of the kids I went to school with back in Stanley, North Carolina, small town, North Carolina, like twenty five hundred people. Right. And um, and I'm like, man, they just didn't get a fair shake at life at all. Yeah. You know, not at all. No, because because you're you know people just didn't know like can you believe that youtube came out in 06 yeah before that you had to get a book
0: i know only books dude yeah can you imagine reading in this (laughs) day and age
1: (laughs) but it's crazy man it is crazy now you can just like oh oh, what is that oh yeah
0: got it yeah it's it's just crazy yeah no, I remember like when it I changes everything. I was like a musician when I was younger and I like learned how to play guitar mostly through like reading books. Mm. And now like sometimes you know like like there's like a million videos of like people like showing you oh, yeah. like how to play. Like it's a totally different world. Absolutely. Back to TikTok. Yeah.
1: You kind of get hooked. I mean, you can pretty much learn anything on YouTube or TikTok. It's almost like people will chop up their YouTube clips into small bite sized right. clips off for t- for TikTok, and you're like, oh man, this guy knows everything because yeah. he's just throwing facts out in like thirty second videos. Right, and you're like, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's and then a genius, you, but that's like his only thing. Yeah, yeah, that's like the only thing he knows. But then you go to his YouTube channel, and he's got like long form stuff, and it's just right. like ah, it's not as enticing as those thirty second clips. I know,
0: but the problem with YouTube, in my opinion, but like, then again,
1: I, if you love it, you'll stick around. Yeah, you'll learn. Yeah, you
0: know? I I got like weirdly into YouTube. I'm not gonna say weirdly. I got like into YouTube youtube like (laughs) okay all right just bear with me here Uh, during the pandemic just because like there was like no tv being produced you know right and i i needed some kind of i needed to consume something right right? um so i like i started like following like random people on youtube and stuff but what got what gets me annoyed now is like there's so much monetization going on with youtube where it's like a video is 30 minutes long. I know it's a longer video because I know they're going to get paid for, which is fine. But like, they're, but like but the actual content, there's just so much fluff, right? right. Like, it's such a small amount of content that's diluted with fluff in that entire video. Yeah.
1: That's why I don't even upload these podcasts as the complete podcast on YouTube. I just do the clips. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm like, I, nobody wants to really listen to this all the way through. Maybe once I build the following more yeah. than like two subscribers? Oh, you only have two subscribers? <laughs> <laughs> He's out. He's out. Uh but uh but once I grow it to more I'll, I'll put the long form out yeah. there. But like I go to people's YouTube channels all the time, of podcasts I listen to all the time, and I'm like, I don't want the long form. Give me the clips. Yeah. Like I don't even want to watch the long form. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd rather just listen to the long form and and watch like specific clips to see if I even want to listen to the long form. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just want to like get to the good stuff and move on. Right. Basically, I had a question for you though. Yeah.
1: Um, because we're talking about all these different. Well, you know, you got MDMA therapy, psilocybin therapy. Yeah. Uh, apparently, used to they use those together. Do they? I've I've heard of it. Okay. Um, I was talking to a uh, therapist back in February about it, mm-hmm. and she said that's something that they have done. Okay. With, with a uh, patients. Okay. Um, but that was the first time I've ever heard of that. Yeah. Um, it makes sense though, because the MDMA kind of like calms you down, mm-hmm. right? Cause the amygdalas, you know, kind of shut off the fear center. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, like
0: probably for the most part.
1: Right. Yeah. I can understand that how that might benefit you if you have like a anxious reaction to the psilocybin. Yeah. But that's kind of part of it.
0: Right? Uh so psilocybin and MDMA to my knowledge have not been used together in a scientific or clinical study, clinical study okay. type of setting, right? So right now, um MDMA and psilocybin are not FDA approved, so right. they can only be administered legally in uh, a clinical trial setting. Right. Um so all of the, you know, the The research I know is really only from those clinical trials or from um, studies done internationally. But there are starting to be like really good quality studies now from the U.S. from these clinical trials that are coming out. So I don't know if people are using them together, I think. What's happening for the most part is um, pharmaceutical companies are coming in and they're seeing that this is kind of a new a new paradigm of um, antidepressant medication, yeah. and they're trying to make they're trying to basically patent these chemicals in various ways. So making like basically a mirror image of the molecule, patenting that, and then kind of using that in a in a clinical study, for instance. Got it. Um, so there's a lot of that going on, or making like very small tweaks to the molecule um but currently there are like there are companies researching variations of mdma of psilocybin of lsd of dmt um of um basically everything that's been known to to be to have hallucinogenic properties now
1: yeah that's fascinating to me man i I, i'm really interested i i've not done much of i've only done mdma therapy yeah. Uh, I've never done a psilocybin session. Mhm. Um, but uh I mean I'm not like Jones in to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not one of those uh, risk takers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nah, relax. So MDMA therapy, I I think uh that's probably The thing I'm most excited for in general to be FDA approved, because I I think that the way it's currently being structured in these trial settings is so fascinating because kind of the, the background knowledge that is helpful to know is that basically every time you recall a memory, that memory is changed somewhat. Um, right so that every time you recall a memory like the memory you're actually recalling isn't quite the same memory as it was before you recalled it which is kind of a mind a mind fuck it's in and of itself right um uh, basically, with MDMA therapy, when it's used for something like PTSD, you use it with a guide and you basically talk about this traumatic experience. And as you're recalling the traumatic experience on the MDMA, you're changing the memory and you're changing the memory while you're in this state of, you know, heightened uh, euphoria. And that's really changing the association that you have with the memory
1: and also objectivity. What do you mean? Right. Like kind of stepping away from it. Right. Yeah. The personal experience and then kind yeah. of looking
0: at it from the outside a little bit. I think MDMA has that. Um, I think other types, uh, I think other similar drugs have more of that kind of removal of yourself and, and kind of ability to look at yourself from from a different space like ketamine is a dissociative by nature so ketamine really has that quality where it's almost like you're looking at yourself from above sometimes and you're kind of dissociated from what you're feeling and you're able to and you're able to reflect on kind of the person you've been for the last X amount of time. Um, I think MDma is more about kind of being present in the moment but when you recall these traumatic experiences you're really reconfiguring how these memories are stored and all of these associations that you have with them
1: so that's that's the question I want to ask and we've talked about this before but like you know a lot of people struggling with depression mm-hmm. uh, and anxiety are on some type of SSRI yeah right so they could obviously benefit from an MDMA therapy session but Because you're, you know, you're already taking something that uh, is interacting with your serotonin um, transmitters now? Uh,
0: Receptors. Receptors. Yeah. Um,
1: It's not, you're not going to get the the full effect of the MDMA. Right. Right. So then you, you have this, the alternative of ketamine therapy. Right. right which you can
0: take even though you're on an SSRI correct you can take ketamine while you're on an SSRI yeah and and ketamine is the only thing that's legal now to right. do in a clinical yeah. setting right so you can't you can't currently in the United States go to a doctor's office and be like hey can you prescribe me MDMA right um, but, but
1: potentially in the future like a year or two, it seems. Hopefully, within,
0: right? It's looking like the FDA will yeah. grant it breakthrough designation. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of having one or two good quality trials come in and, and be published in a good journal, right? And then I think that that will probably happen. Yeah. Um. But I'm be- just
1: saying, like that's that's very good to hear for people because I've I've heard a lot of people like, yeah, I want to I want to do MDMA therapy when it's legal. Yeah. But I'm on an SSRI and I don't want to come off of it. Right. You know, because they're scared. Yeah, you know, maybe they've they dealt with uh, some suicidal uh, thoughts, and uh, or you know, they just once they're off the you know, the antidepressant, they do they just get back into their uh, yeah that dark dark. Part of the mind.
0: Sometimes, yeah. It's also really hard to get off of antidepressants. And and unfortunately, I think that these are are issues that aren't discussed enough when people are prescribed antidepressants. Oftentimes from their primary care provider. They're not really told that, hey, you're taking this. You're you might have severe withdrawal effects. This is called discontinuation syndrome when you try to stop taking it. Um so you could have brain zaps. That's like the most common discontinuation syndrome side effect what's that it's exactly what it sounds like it feels like your brain's being zapped for a second or two wow um you can have you know kind of a reversal of all the side effects that you have when you take the ssri so your mood sometimes your mood will stay um kind of at wherever it is um before you stop taking it sometimes you'll relapse into the depression or anxiety um insomnia headaches grogginess you know the all of the the whole list of side effects you can have with um with discontinuation yeah, syndrome as well. a whole list so i stopped i was on um a high dose of prozac and i gained 60 pounds this is when i was in an undergrad mm. and um i went to the doctor and i was like hey is there any other like non-ssri you can take um uh, i can take um i've like you know, I'm like 60 pounds overweight and I'm like 24, you know, it's not a good place to be in. And they're like, no, Prozac doesn't do that to you. And I was like, no, it does. I'm like, like nothing has changed. And this was this was told to me by multiple doctors. So then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this myself. And I I just kind of created like a, a small taper schedule of decreasing the amount of Prozac I was taking. Obviously, the weight just fell off. (laughs) <laughs> um, but and I felt like shit. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep and I had the brain zaps. It was it was a really horrible experience that lasted for a few months. Jeez. And um, you know, I'm glad that when I took the Prozac, it got me out of the depressive episode I was in. But I really wish that someone had versed me in what was going to happen. And the fact that if I the fact that like no one takes you off of these medications. Yeah. You know, psychiatrists, unfortunately, are not trained for the most part on taking you off of medications. They're trained to prescribe medications.
1: Yeah. That's true. I mean, I've, I've literally never heard someone say that. Yeah. But that's true.
0: And, and I, think, I think the way we're... We, we have it in our society. is a little backwards. So like Japan, for instance, TMS is considered a first line treatment for depression, which I think makes sense because if you have depression, why would you why would you go with the chronic lifelong treatment right. if there is just an acute treatment and you can just deal with this and, you know, six to eight weeks and, and move on with your life? Right. Why are we doing these things that you have to take for the rest of your lives that have zero long-term safety data you know like like literally there's not a single like 20-year study on what is happening in your brain if you take ssris every single day
2: mm. ah.
0: <laughs> mm. so for some people the you know the benefit outweighs the risk right like if you're like severely suicidal then you know that that's great it's it's probably the best option for you i think for other people it, it makes more sense to do like an acute course of ketamine or maybe in the future acute course of psilocybin or tms as opposed to you know going to this now older class of medications
1: yeah man i i agree and I, I find that uh, you know the the same people who you know back in the '90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, who started as a kid, you know, taking some type of SSRI has a chance now at not right. going down that same path. Right. You know.
3: Yeah. And
1: and you know it. You th- you think about because I you know you think about world problems every once in a while, and you're just yeah. like, God, I can't do anything about this. Yeah. But it's like it's like there's so much that you can there's only so much you can do for people who have already been in the trenches of, of that situation for like decades. Yeah. But there's a lot that you can do for people about to jump in those. You right. know what I mean? Like like this, for instance. You know, there's a bunch of kids, especially with, you know, social media now, just like destroying kids' brains. Right. You know, the suicide rates have gone up in yeah. teenagers, depression's gone up. Yeah. Um, astronomically. You know, I mean, I, I feel like it's due to, you know, the un, undeveloped brain of a teenager, Mm -hmm. you know, on social media all the time.
0: Yeah. I think that plays a huge factor. Um, I don't know what you think. So I, I disagree. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's because of social media. Um, I think it's a combination of things. I, I think, you know, like I was saying earlier, like, The society we live in is not the society that we evolved to be in in basically any capacity, right? As animals, we evolved to, you know, swing through vines on on forests and and run around and forage for food and and hunt, right? Mm -hmm. We're not doing any of that now. Right. You know, we're making podcasts, right? (laughs) What is that? Um, We should just
1: have a fire.
0: Well, we got a candle yeah this is our so, fire
1: and we're talking shit by the fire so, <laughs> so i don't know
0: i i think there's kind of an inherent anxiety where you know when you're doing something like sitting at work all day oh yeah it um, destroys you it, it, it's it's kind of a miserable existence for some people yeah. and i think that i i think that Back when we were growing up, there were kind of you know, there was still that old school kind of almost baby boomer sentiment of like you'll go to college, yeah. you'll get a good job, you'll That's have a I good heard. career, you'll contribute to your 401k, whatever right. the fuck that means. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Asking the wrong guy.
0: Right. And and I think now like we're kind of seeing through that as a society. And I think kids today are are seeing that like that sounds horrible. Right. You know, I don't yeah. want this weird nuclear family where everyone's super repressed and you can't be yourself and right. you're worried everything you do, you're worried about what the community will think and sure. you know, it's it's a it's not it's not a lifestyle where anyone was really happy. Yeah. Um but there's no like there's no kind of alternative yeah. unless you're a TikTok millionaire now.
1: That's the only alternative, dude. Yeah.
0: What yeah. are we doing? So it's either you make it in TikTok <laughs> or you die.
1: Or you die. You know what? Yeah, I thought you were going to go down this road, but I started thinking of another another thing on top of it that, uh, that's adding to like the rise in depression in, right. ki- in teenagers. You are sitting in class at that young of an age, right? Mm-hmm. But you have access to this. At all times, yeah. if we would have had that, it we, we would probably have been different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like on top of the phone and social media, on top of sitting in class, right, and just suffering through, you know, a lecture by a teacher, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, what were we thinking about? Like ah, I just get outside i was just
0: bored i had to look yeah, at the just, wall it was yeah I just want to
1: go to my room and play a video game or something like that yeah or work on my dragon ball z website yeah you know you're not thinking about oh just all the endless opportunities on your phone
0: yeah but we had like myspace right that's true yeah we did yeah, my gosh yeah that's top eight you know <laughs> top eight. Who, who's gonna be on it tonight dude
1: and the song i felt like the song defined you more oh really than yeah. the top eight i would change it
0: every week I thought the top eight was everything, (laughs) and then the song was like like an accessory. Oh, okay. Wow. I don't think I had. Maybe I did a top eight. What did
1: someone do to get out of your top eight one time? I don't know.
0: I don't know if I had eight friends. (laughs) To be honest, I I think so. That's why it was so important. I think I had like a you're just trying to fill out the top eight. (laughs) I just tried to. Yeah, I just tried to complete the top eight. Yeah, there we go. I didn't have to kick anyone out. That's funny. Yeah. Dang. And there was Mindspace. Live Journal and I don't
1: remember Live Journal. Oh really? That yeah. was like
0: the emo social media platform. It was like long form like blogs. It was like a journal entry that you write. Okay. And it would be like twelve year old me and I'd be like, I'm so sad. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck everything. <laughs> um and then there was like Dead Journal, which was the goth version of right. Live Journal. Yeah. That was Emo to Goth. Yeah. There's a
1: difference here. There okay. is.
0: There's an important distinction. That's funny. Yeah.
1: Um but well, yeah man I, I I'm really excited about ketamine, um, because I know so many people who are our age I'm older than you right thirty
0: three uh, you're
1: seventy uh, two i'm thirty one <laughs> and uh you know around our age that have were those kids right that got yeah. on an antidepressant in their teenage years or even in college and um, you know they it's it's become their identity, right you know and it's it's like masking who they really are. You know what I mean? Because you need yeah. that—the natural flow of emotion, right—in your life.
0: Uh, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, to an ex- I mean, I don't think it. I don't think you know medication necessarily dims like everyone's uh, kind of highs and lows, but it definitely does sometimes.
1: And, I'm well, yeah, and an SSRI was probably going to just keep you a little higher, a little yeah, on the upper register generally yeah
0: yeah some but sometimes it'll normalize right but then sometimes yeah. it will just like totally block out any emotion right
1: yeah i was uh, i was talking to a friend of mine who had been on adderall since he was like five six something like mm-hmm. that like and he just recently quit How'd he's it go? in his 30s um rough yeah very rough but uh um i mean even that like i i never got on adderall or never even tried it but like I can see how you you get on this, and you're like, "Oh, yeah,
0: this is me." Have you have you never tried any medication for ADHD? No, really? Yeah, how come? yeah. Um,
1: because of the horror stories of Adderall, mm-hmm. I think that's one, right? Yeah. Uh, Ritalin, I think, was big when we were younger. Yeah, and that's what a lot of a lot of kids got on. Yeah, uh, and I just I don't know as an adult I started thinking about it and I was like I just feel like I was not diagnosed properly or just just didn't show all those signs when I was younger right but now yeah I uh
0: yeah I don't know why have you have you ever thought about getting tested
1: I have so I tried to a few years ago I was trying to get um what's the alternative to Adderall that's like
0: uh there's a lot. There's Vivans, Concerta. What's um, the
1: one where uh it's kind of based on the uh that movie with um Bradley Cooper? Limitless. Limitless.
0: Oh uh Modafinil. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. All the Silicon Valley CEOs were taking oh, it like right, two years yeah. ago. Right, so yeah. So I tried
1: to I tried to get some of that. Um but then I, I had to co- go in for a psychi- psychological evaluation. Yeah. I just didn't want to do it. So I was like, "Ah, it's not that important. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> i was like what was it's, i thinking about it's interesting i went on to something else <laughs> <laughs> classic yeah it's interesting to know because there's like yeah. subtypes of adhd right so there's okay. like an inattentive subtype there's a, a hyperactive subtype and then there's a combined subtype and um there's a guy russell barkley who's like an one of the foremost experts in adhd right now and mm-hmm. he he's come up with another subtype called sluggish cognitive tempo which is related but kind of almost like a separate branch entirely um, interesting so it's interesting yeah it could be interesting just kind of seeing like where your specific strengths and weaknesses are in terms of like your entire executive function domain
1: now is that a, a common test or is that a specific test
0: that he kind of came up with uh no, it's a common test. It would, okay. it would be called a neuropsychological evaluation. Um, typically, if you get them done right, they'll typically like take a few days. Like you'll go in for like two, three hours a day for like a week. Um, to neuropsychological evaluation. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll see a neuropsychologist. So that's a that's a clinical psychologist who has an additional who's done an additional fellowship in something called neuropsychology, which okay. is specifically regarding testing. Um, so looking for things like ADHD, but also things like um, kind of figuring out where deficits may be after a traumatic brain injury or a stroke, and looking at like the pro- the progression of Alzheimer's disease and things like that.
1: What are some other? Uh, I guess means of dealing with adhd other than an adderall or so
0: medications one um it's it's a worthwhile avenue to explore if it has been unexplored um i think the best case for medication is you know i can't speak for everyone but but i think kind of on average the best case for medication is really on an as-needed basis and kind of figuring out what days the medication will be used to support you and what days to kind of hone your strengths as someone with ADHD without medication. Yeah. Um, like for me, I know like being, um, you know, owning a business like there, there's a lot of different things that I have to do all the time. So medication doesn't suit me very well most of the time because when you're on medication for ADHD, you, it helps you sustain focus on one thing and you're, you're not good at switching between different tasks. Yeah. Um, but I kind of have to switch tasks all day long. But like I was fired from my last three jobs and, I probably wouldn't have been fired from any of them had I been on medication. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You because, could just do that
1: one thing all day long. Because I
0: basically had to do like one or two things all day long, but I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I like I got in trouble for talking. I was like a grown man. <laughs> you know? <I> like, <laughs> Isn't that the best? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. I um, was <laughs> <laughs> a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> um, multiple times. Wow. Multiple times. But Love I just, that like, job. Like, I was, That's what? a great job. Yeah, it was the worst job for me. There was a job I had where I was like measuring um, stents all day for and like CT scans for a clinical research organization. And I had to like sit, I just had to sit at my desk all day and everyone around me was like quiet. And um, I just like, I went crazy. I bet. Like I just like, I had to keep talking to people. I was like, how how are you guys just sitting here and doing your work? Yeah. You know? What'd they say? They were just like, "What are you talking about? We're- we serve Satan? <laughs> what is it? Hell, no, they're, Satan?" They're just like normal people, so they're like, yeah. "This is fine. I'm happy," <laughs> you know. And you're just losing it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I'm a trainer. Yeah. Like I don't. I've tried to do that, like sit in an office kind of scenario.
0: Yeah. It's just awful. No. No. So. So. Um. To, to go back to your question and answer about, you know, strategies for ADHD, there's something called neurofeedback, which mm-hmm. can be really helpful. It's, it's basically, it involves um, using electrodes to record your brain activity and feed it into a computer in real time. And then based on what your brain is doing, your computer gives you feedback. So basically, if you are kind of showing... basically, if the computer is picking up like a maladaptive brain pattern, whatever you're doing on the screen will change. So like if you're watching a movie, it'll get darker and smaller. And if you're exercising like a a good or like a positive brain pattern, then the movie will get brighter and larger on the screen. And over time, you really learn how to how to make those changes. And it kind of gives you the flexibility to focus when you want to but also it doesn't kind of take away that hyper focus or like switching focus really quickly away right that's interesting yeah yeah it's, like it's, it's really cool it's, it's really helpful for a lot of people um and then i think a lot of people would benefit just from kind of figuring out what their coping strategies are for adhd like i it took me a really long time but I eventually figured out a way to succeed in school. You know, I figured out a way to to take notes that works for me. I figured out a way to study that finally worked for me. And it took me, like, until grad school to figure all this out. Um, and, and just kind of figuring out how to organize your life. Like, I have this whole system with, like, email. Like, if I get an email, if it takes, like... Thirty seconds to respond. I'll respond if it takes like more than thirty seconds of thought. I leave it unread until I sit until I like can sit down and have some time to like respond through all my email like that. But that's just like my process. Yeah, you found out a system. Yeah, to do lists. Like I think this is common for people with ADHD. They'll work temporarily, but then eventually you are always gonna make another to do list, and eventually you are gonna have like fifty to do lists. Did that happen
2: to you? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I have, like, 100%. I have like
0: I have like fifty to do lists. They're all half completed. Yeah, but eventually, like like you just have to start a new list because there's so yeah. much stuff on the old list. and yeah. so you can't focus on. what you But you can't to delete do. the old one because you need it for reference. You still got to do some stuff on the old <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what do you do with those? How do you deal with multiple to do lists? I don't have a strategy. Yeah, you that. just hadn't figured that one out. Yet. I have. I just have like I have employees now who will just like remind me if I'm like if I like haven't gone back to them on something. Got it. Yeah. yeah and yeah, i'm like helpful. please remind me like like always remind me right yeah
1: that's great and then those things get done yeah in that
0: way yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean it's very i mean my girlfriends she can just work and go through a to-do list boom boom boom. that's boom, crazy boom, to me and then at the end of the day she's like i don't know what happened but i can't wait to go to sleep yeah and she no drugs no no Adderall you know nothing just like that's how she is she can just go from task to task to task right and that's why she's good at her job you yeah. know managing people right um uh but yeah it's it's, it's fascinating cuz like i'm like well let's talk about it you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. i don't really want to do it yeah. <laughs> i feel like we talked about it a little bit longer we could find out an easier way to do it yeah yeah you know yeah what yeah. I mean?
0: yeah i'm i'm intensely lazy Oh yeah. I'm like a very lazy person, uh-huh. which I think I think is a is a good quality. I think so. At the end of the day because if you make it work for you, A yeah. lazy person is always going to find the most efficient way to do something. You're right.
1: Right? You're right, man. There's a so Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach or yeah, jiu-jitsu MMA coach. Um I met him a couple months ago. Um John Kavanaugh. He got his black belt in jujitsu mm-hmm. from a uh, a guy who was older and was lazy, mm-hmm. and he said he was like that is the best person to learn jujitsu from because they're they're shortcutting everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, they're not making it an athletic event, right? You know, they're like I'm gonna make this so easy for me to where I don't have to move much and yeah. I make him move into everything I'm trying to do. Yeah. And that's the game you want to have as a jujitsu guy or a boxer or a wrestler. You know, you want people to move into your shots. Yeah. You don't want to be, like, reaching to hit people. You want them to just walk right into a shot. That's yeah. the easiest type of shot to land. Yeah. So learning from someone who's lazy... It was like his whole thing. He was like, find a lazy coach.
0: (laughs) When I was in undergrad, I was working at this lab, um, like like a research lab in the psychology department. And there was like, for some reason, they needed like 500 spreadsheets, like cleaned up and organized. Like they all had like the same like cells that like some had to be deleted, some had to be changed. And I was like handed this task. And I was just like, there's no way I'm doing this by hand. So I literally like, <laughs> like figured out like no, like coding knowledge whatsoever. But yeah. Apple has like this like internal coding thing called it's in um, what's it called terminal or something. <laughs> I forgot. What, I don't even know if that's what it's called. And uh, like, I like figured out how to like write this script. Oh, Apple script. It's what okay. it's called. Uh, it's like, it's in, it's like this internal JavaScript or whatever. And, um, I figured out how to just, like, automate the whole thing. And oh, then, gosh. like, this task, like, it took me hours to figure out how to do it. But then, like, I just pressed the button and it did it all for me. It was, like, the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Dang. Yeah. But that's, like, but a normal person, I think, like, a neurotypical person, they probably would have just, like, done it.
1: Right. And and that's why that's that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, just figuring out how to deal with it. Just it's not normal, so nobody else knows how to deal with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or there's less people who who have it, and they don't really talk too much to each other about it. Like, hey, you got that one thing? Yeah, I got it too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, I yeah. Back to what you were saying. You know, like Columbine. It's like, you know, that was our first idea of mental health. Yeah, Those it really people, was. Those people struggling, like, that's how you found out that you were struggling so much with mental health that you became another school shooter. Right. right.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's like you didn't have a group to go to, you know? Yeah. That was like the fight club for uh, school shooters was just seeing each other on the news. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm about three <laughs> months away from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Like that's that's a horrible group to have to associate with if it you is. feel like, you know, you're you're dealing with something mentally. It's like, man, there's yeah. more people, but like you said, you're a pussy if you talk about it.
0: Right. Back in the day. And there's such like a like a variance of, you know, being like psychotic to the point of, you know, murdering innocent people. For sure. And like, you know, being depressed. Like like they're, right. like it's such an, an extreme um spread right but then to just lump it all together as one thing like yeah you're like oh god am i like one guy has social anxiety you know and you're worried about them like getting a rifle and you know just like slaughtering right
1: yeah yeah you're scared for your like oh i could possibly do that am i that messed up yeah you know i'm they say that i'm like them you know right that's just not healthy
0: yeah so it really is like the last few years where people are even considering mental health to be important anyway i mean i think that there there's still a long way to go oh yeah right like absolutely like i think you know in la there's like a a homelessness crisis that people talk about a lot and i think that a lot of people call it a housing crisis Mm -hmm. which i somewhat disagree with i think at the end of the day it's it's really a mental health crisis and You know have you heard of Michael Schallenberger's San Francisco no no what's that
1: oh he goes into to detail on it it was he was just recently on Joe Brogan's podcast like last week
0: uh, I think my fiance was talking to me about you'd love it. it yeah
1: it's the best conversation I've heard on homelessness yeah so yeah and he said the same thing it's not a housing thing it's a mental health thing it's it's more of a drug thing
0: but a drug thing like like a uh, crack and heroin seventies yeah, eighties yeah but like no one gets addicted to crack without having an underlying mental health issue true right? you're right like yeah, no yeah. no one's a heroin addict yeah. without battling depression anxiety PTSD right because right? I
1: you probably know some people and I know some people who've tried crack mm-hmm. and haven't gotten addicted
0: absolutely so yeah yeah,
1: that's true that's a good point. Yeah. Obviously, he goes into detail on that, but like that was kind of like obviously, if you are dealing with some type of mental illness and then crack takes over, right? It's downhill from there. Of course. Yeah.
0: But I think at the end of the day, you know, addiction is ultimately just a symptom of their mental health condition. It's not, it's not. A disorder to be treated yeah. in any way, and I, I've worked in a number of substance abuse facilities. Um, we're actually opening up like an outpatient detox currently in our existing offices, um, but it's really because we there's a lot there's a lot of overlap, mm-hmm. right? There's people we yeah. see who have been who have been addicted to a lot of different drugs over the years because that was their way of coping with depression, of coping with PTSD. Right. It wasn't a good way of coping. It wasn't the it's acceptable one, like it, alcohol. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's just the... Or in, or in California weed. But, right. Yeah. But um, it was the way that they... that, that That's just the only way that, that worked for them, unfortunately. But it, it's ultimately because there was never any... Um, there was never any resolution to a lot of these underlying things. You know, yeah. there was never any good quality mental health care for the most part. And I think if you look at a lot of people on the street, you don't see access to good quality mental health care.
1: No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, that, it, that the homeless thing had really hit me when I moved out here. I was just like, man, how did this happen? You know, yeah. and it's just like it's taken me a while to like really understand the issue. Right. But yeah, he 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 brought some really good stuff in that uh, that podcast. I have to check that book out. I haven't read it yet, but mm-hmm. I did like what he, his ideas were. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, man. Um. Now, as far as and I can get you out of here, but uh, as far as people going through uh your clinics. Yeah. And um, coming out the other end. Mm-hmm. Um. What is that experience?
0: been like for the majority of your of your patients um i mean it's pretty life-changing for a lot of people um especially because a lot of these treatments work so quickly and and i think a lot of people are used to Things like antidepressants taking six weeks to start working. Right. Um, And your thing is six weeks. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the... We have, like, different programs, right? So, sometimes people stay in for longer if Mm -hmm. it's helpful for them, too. Right. Um, And usually, if they are staying for longer than six weeks, it's because they're they're noticing a lot of changes, but they haven't plateaued, and and they want to keep going. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we see... Honestly, like... You know, it it sounds like I'm just kind of shilling for my clinic, but we see like crazy um, um, improvements and so many people, I mean, complete like we'll see complete remission for people who have tried like a dozen antidepressants, who have tried therapy. Nothing works. I mean, that's like the common story of a person who walks in the door is like, I've tried everything. Nothing works. What do I do now?
1: Now for those people when they say nothing works, nothing
0: takes the sadness away or takes the anxiety, well what Yeah, yeah, nothing nothing helps my symptoms basically. Right. Yeah. So so commonly it'll be like nothing helps my symptoms, right? So I'm still sad, I still have no energy, I still have no motivation, I still think about killing myself all the time. I still I mean that's um, got to be the worst, sleep. right? On yeah. on
1: the scale of it, it's like the suicidal thoughts have to be at
0: the top right they're they're there for most people yeah Yeah. i mean even like a a moderate depression like you have suicidal thoughts pretty often and it's not usually like i'm making a plan and i'm gonna like put a gun in my mouth today it's usually more on the passive end of like god i really could get hit by a bus right now right and yeah and, yeah. and, and just wouldn't care. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you, you have all of these things and either antidepressants didn't work, they just no resolution, um, or there were too many side effects and people couldn't tolerate the side effects. Yeah. So maybe someone gained 60 pounds like I did when I tried Prozac, maybe it caused more anxiety instead of less. Um, so yeah so those are the two most common types of people who come in and then once in a while we'll have people who are just like i want i don't resonate with medication like it doesn't i i resonate more with like a non-pharmaceutical approach um and those people end up doing quite well as well gotcha and then when
1: they come out what's that what's that conversation like um i mean i know you mentioned earlier like i didn't know i could be happy or yeah I forgot what that was like yeah
0: absolutely it's there's a lot of there's a lot of that there's a lot of like I forgot what this is like there's a lot of like I'm getting back to my life now like all like I'm being a father again I'm going back to school I started a company you know it's like because when you're when you're so depressed for so long your life is really on pause like you're going through the motions but yeah. everything's on pause um there's no progress. That's happening in your life. You're just kind of stuck. You're stuck physiologically and you're stuck uh, oftentimes kind of vocationally, educationally and whatnot. Um, So we really just see people get back to their lives, get back to their families, get back to their jobs, get back to school and just, you know, live live their lives. That's fascinating. I mean, I, I just love hearing that stuff.
1: Now, when it comes to like someone who said they get they're getting back to like their their family mm-hmm. or uh, their children maybe back yeah. to being a father like you said um, obviously the depression was not allowing them to be in the moment yeah right of of you know the interaction with their family yeah what kind of what's like uh, I guess the difference between um uh, the different modes of potential therapy like ketamine MDMA psilocybin yeah. When you hear that. So,
0: um, so ketamine is the only one that's legal. Again, Absolutely. Yeah. Cur- that's currently yeah. legal. Um, so that's the only one that's available to most yeah. people. Um, I'm only asking that because I hear
1: that from yeah. stories of anecdotes of people who have done MDMA therapy right. in the trials. Right. 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 Uh, where they say, that, I can get back to my family. Yeah. Um, but usually it's from like an experience in the session. Right. Like, you know, reimagining those memories. Yeah. So I'm, I guess I'm just asking, like, what's the difference in the ketamine? Because you say some some people talk during it. Yeah. Right? And I guess they're, like, re- reliving some thoughts or, or yeah, memories.
0: Some, some people talk during it. Some people are honestly just chatty. Yeah, on, they, they just talk about whatever comes to their mind. Some people do end up kind of reliving traumas and things mm-hmm. like that. And sometimes they'll kind of like talk it out almost during the session. Right. Um, or they'll kind of like be reliving it. And, and it's really helpful having someone there, especially in those circumstances. Um, but some people, they just can't uh, like talking is like too much. Right. Like it's uh, it's such a sensory overloaded experience that it feels too intense to talk it feels too intense to open your eyes um and so that experience tends to be quite different qualitatively um but they all but how they are in session doesn't necessarily translate to how well they do so all three of those sort of phenotypes of of reactions um tend to do equally as well uh after ketamine got it yeah I, i'm excited i
1: want uh I, w- I would love to see people in my life seek this out yeah you know but like with this kind of stuff you know you can't can't make anybody do it yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. even though you're like man i feel like this could be really good for you
0: yeah you know you can't um, you can't pull up pink floyd and give sid barrett acid in his coffee every day
1: apparently you can't do that <laughs> People get mad about that. Yeah, Apparently um, it's against the law. <laughs> yeah, you know, these people. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm glad that uh, we started talking. Yeah. Because you know, we just started talking at the gym. Uh, you know when barely anybody was at the gym.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Five a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. But uh. But yeah, man, it's just fascinating. Uh, that you got into this, and I just recently kind of realized all the research that was going on, and yeah and uh it's just fascinating man that that people and you know it's funny I, I talk to people, and I'll end on this. I won't keep you any longer. I'll say that in the next twenty minutes, <laughs> but, but uh but like you know people who are kind of against psychedelic therapy, yeah, maybe they're older and they they have a you know a different idea of what it is right yeah. from the sixties or seventies, and uh once they hear that like it's been helpful for soldiers, right. Like that changes everything. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, if it's gonna help them, I'm right. I'm more receptive. Yeah. of learning more about it. That's that's interesting to me. It, it's interesting. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Sol- soldiers. Yeah, it, it's an interesting topic in general because we know they're not
1: pussies. Yeah. Right. Absolutely not. So, uh,
0: so we, you know, it's funny. I was I was speaking to a friend of mine recently about how um, she's working with a nonprofit now, and basically. You know, we program soldier. We program civilians into soldiers during boot camp, but then we don't deprogram them as a society when they get back. Um, We don't take them off the meds. We don't. We don't. We don't do anything for them. (laughs) unfortunately, but we especially don't like undo what boot camp did. Right. Uh, You know, and and I think that hopefully a lot of these therapies will have a place. Um, You know, it's like. I've been trying to, you know, get in with the VA in some capacity for like years, but it's, it's been such a, there's, there's so much bureaucracy that unfortunately it's really hard to get to anyone who can actually make a decision or Hmm. partner with anyone in any capacity there. I think I might be able to help you. Okay.
1: I've got a client. Oh, really? Yeah. At the VA. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's cool. Yeah. And we've talked about this. Oh really? Yeah. And she uh she's like anything that you can that we can do to help our vets like I'm down for. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She's in uh, Macedonia right now. Okay. But uh nice. she's giving some presentation or something like that.
0: Is she high up there? Uh
1: I don't know. I'm I'm assuming so. She's uh Yeah, she's I know that she would know who you need to talk to if it's not her. Okay. Um, but yeah, that would be cool. I'll have to link you guys up. That'd be really cool. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming over, man, and suffering through LA traffic in an old Tesla. It was it was a bitch. Like, I don't drive old Teslas, yeah. only new ones.
0: <laughs> and only in plaid mode. Yeah. That's dude, that's the way to drive them. Right when here.
1: you do that, mm-hmm. it's it's so weird because it doesn't make a noise. Right. You're used to going at high speeds. With noise. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like that, man. It was like I was on the drop zone, like, you know, the roller coaster. Yeah. It just drops you. Yeah. But I was going straight ahead. Did you like driving it? I didn't drive it. I just sat there strapped in, holding onto the seat. Yeah. Yeah. He loved it, though. Our heads were hurting because it was so
0: fast. Yeah. It was like like a roller coaster. so Like a mild traumatic brain injury just from the acceleration. I got CTE now. Yeah.
1: Or more of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We're out here. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming over, man. Yeah.
0: Thanks for having me.